0: Hello, everybody we are back it's canadian bowler show i am michael patouli joined by my fabulous co-host daryl fitzgerald how's it going daryl oh good
1: uh here in ontario i don't know what it's like saskatchewan and i'm i'm nervous to ask but uh here it's um like fall weather no snow it's mild it's like uh, i think we had like 12 or 13 degrees the other day just crazy so what's, what's it like where you are
0: well, I think they said it's a, an El Nino winter or something we're expecting. So same here. We've, I think we had six or seven degrees last week, and essentially almost all the snow that we have gotten this year is melted. So it's, it's a bizarre year, but as you may see by our uh, fabulous attire, we were trying to get in the spirit a little bit. It's our last show of the year, so we figured we'd each wear a shirt. I got my, you can sort of see it's a Dwight Schrute from the office uh, sweater, and Darryl's, I think, got some beers and yeah, he's got an, an appropriate beer for his his beers uh, shirt. But figured we get a little festive here to end off the, the year and sort of and uh, end our season off uh, as good as we can. So since we are here, uh, just the, the normal reminder to like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate any sort of interaction we can get it really does help us if you do hit that like button. So please do so if you are here. Uh, if you're not able to catch the show live, we are on YouTube within the day, so you can check it out after the fact there. And if you're a big podcaster, uh, we are on all major podcasting platforms within the week of the show. So keep an eye out for there if you're not able to catch us live, and we'll just get to it, I guess. We got some info. There's There's been bulls happening across across the world, really. Uh, still sort of got some different tournaments that are happening. pretty Pretty important tournaments, honestly. So we can sort of jump into those. The one that I think wrapped up uh, a couple days ago now was the IIBC world under 25 singles and mixed pairs championship. So uh, we had some Canadian content there. I, I don't know, Daryl, did you want to sort of take away some of those results or talk about that?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have any specific pictures. I've just got a bunch of pictures of um, uh, the mixed pairs <laughs> Uh, players from every country. So I'll just flip through those as I'm as I'm going through the results. So, uh, yeah, the IIBC World Under Twenty Five Singles and Mixed uh, Championships. Um, congratulations goes to for uh, for the men's singles uh, goes to Nathan Black of Australia, who's in that first picture. Um, he defeated uh, the silver medalist uh, Mohammed Idham Ami bin Ramlan from Malaysia. uh and then bronze was split between Ryan Davies of Wales and Bradley, um, I want to say, Buchen from Scotland, if I got that right. Um, in the women's singles, uh, gold went to Shauna O'Neill of Ireland. Um, she defeated the silver medalist Amy Harris of Scotland. There's a gold medalist there. Uh, and the bronze was split between uh, Catherine Bonsall from Guernsey and Sophie McRother from Scotland. And then the mixed pairs. Uh, Shauna O'Neal had a great event. Uh, Gold went to Ireland, which was Shauna O'Neill and Ryan McElroy. Uh, they defeated the silver medalist uh, Emily Kernick of England and Harry Goodwin of England. Uh, and then the bronze was split between um, Alan Binti Ahmad Nawawi of Malaysia and Muhammad Idham Amin bin Rahman of Malaysia. And uh, the other bronze medalist was uh, Jesse Cottle from Australia and Nathan Black of Australia. So a lot of competitive bowls. Um, as you can see from the facility there, it looks really nice. Carpet's good. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, great competitors. And the very last picture I'll show here is, of course, of our Canadian content, uh, Eric Gallipo and Jordan Koss um, from Ontario and Saskatchewan. Uh, they were out there. They played mixed pairs together. And then obviously both of them played in the singles. Um Mike, did you want to go over their results? I think you pulled uh, that data.
0: Yep. So Eric uh, ended up going 0-3 in his games. However, he had a plus-two shot differential. Um, Pretty much looks like he lost all of his games by tiebreaker. So very close matches across the board. I think I was looking, and the guy who technically finished above him in the group had a negative 26-shot differential but ended up winning one of his matches. So obviously that's pretty tough if you're having your close matches and not getting the results, but pretty respectable showing by Eric. And then Jordan went 2-2 two and two in her group. Uh, she got through to the quarterfinals uh, due to shot differential as well. Um, but then she played in the court against the Guernsey competitor, and they had a very close match as well. So I think it was each of them won a, a set 6-1 or 8-1, something like that, and then it went down to the final uh, one-end tiebreaker. So Jordan ended up uh, going down there, but had a, a good, solid match against the Guernsey competitor. They were streaming that on, I think it's the Wrong Bias podcast is yes. the the name of it. So they were, they were doing some streaming, so it was uh, nice to actually be able to watch that game live. But a uh, pretty tough uh, ending, I think, for Jordan. That one-end tiebreaker is suboptimal, and I think Eric's probably going to be... Uh, agreeing with that as well that it's pretty suboptimal to have that one end tiebreaker what were your thoughts uh about the event and i guess even that one end tiebreaker daryl
1: uh great event um i mean i still miss the outdoor one um i was there coaching when they had the outdoor in australia and i think overall that was a more meaningful competition to everybody but this one is good and i'm glad they still have it as a um, a pathway for under 25 competitors Format's good, you know, singles, matches, and then mixed pairs, uh, grouping, um, to give them some more bowls, uh, to play, which is cool. Um, I mean, you, you see the cream rise to the top, but the, the single elimination, uh, tiebreak rule is, is rough. Um, I think I agree with you just at, on the surface, if you see somebody didn't make it and they made it and you say, oh, they went 0-3 or they went 1-2 and or whatever, um, it can be easy to dismiss that they, they had a poor showing or, or something happened and they didn't make it, but you have to dig a little bit deeper and see actually what happened. And um, I think Eric's case is a prime example of how rough that single elimination or single tiebreaker uh, eliminator is where um, overall he had a really good showing. He was plus two um, compared to some of the guys that made it in and the people that were below him um, and then just fell victim to this, to that uh, single tiebreaker so you know love it or hate it um and i'm sure that those that lose to it hate it and those that win to it love it so (laughs) it just depends on what side of the coin you're on i think but really good event i i'm i'm glad that it's still going
0: yeah no like i can remember back in my u25 days if i'm uh kind of dating myself uh they, they had both events at some points during my career so they had the IBC stuff and they also had the the world outdoor essentially so it's been an event that's been around for a long time and it's actually nice that they're getting sort of the entries from the Australias and the different parts of the world because it used to be essentially almost a UK specific event so um, very competitive now though as we're seeing like Australia obviously winning gold and then bronze in the mixed pairs they're they're definitely making their name and this event too so it's a good one for them any one of those up and coming players out of Australia I know it's a, as you're saying a good pathway um, just so we don't miss them if I'm talking about other North American content the United States did have an entry in there as well so uh, Angel Gomez from the USA was there as a second go around he ended up going one and three in his group uh, I think last time he, he had a little bit of a struggle the first go around because it was his first probably a te- first time playing indoor I imagine and he did a lot better this time. He had a negative four shot differential and one in three, so he had close matches. I think I looked, and two of his losses were in tiebreakers as well. So good showing by Angel, uh, and again, I just like to see the the North American players getting a shot there and getting them to experience sort of overseas bowls. It's always nice.
1: That's good for him. I mean, uh, it's nice to see Angel out there, and uh, I mean, unfortunately, we know that the US doesn't have. Um, a really strong youth program, and, um, you know, you, you pick up a youth here and there, um, depending on the region, um, but he's getting his chances, and he's getting better at it, so, I mean, give him give him another year, give him some more competition, and who knows where he'll be next year, oh, that's that's really cool to see. I do want to shout out um, uh, the Wrong Bias uh, podcast for for doing the streaming that was awesome i'm really glad that they got in there and did that um they made a post on facebook um that i responded to uh complaining about the the events wi-fi and their internet cable even when they were hardwired um they were getting just drops and lag and choppiness and a whole bunch of stuff so um the struggles that we have when we're trying to a uh, uh, live stream are universal across bowls clubs it's it's unbelievable that um we haven't caught up to the times and and have just an actual decent upload download to actually stream this stuff
0: <laughs> maybe that's the next sponsor we gotta seek out for Bulls canada and world Bulls across the board is some company that just has some blazing fast internet and make yeah. it uh make make it the new big sponsor because seems to be as you're saying it's a common issue we run into in north america and obviously they were seeing it there i, I can see a couple of their posts where they were <laughs> apologizing that there was uh wi-fi issues at the club so
1: well they slugged it out so good on them for doing it
0: <laughs> well congratulations to uh everyone involved there um i guess we could move on there are there was another pretty well A new event, an event that was pretty interesting. Uh, I thought it was a cool idea, and I'm glad that it ended up going forward. Uh, The Atlantic Senior Fours hosted at the Athena Beach Hotel in Cyprus. So they made a 55-plus event, which is, I think, a really cool idea because that's obviously a pretty heavy demographic in the sport. And they had uh, quite a few different countries in there. I guess, did you want to go over the notes you have there about the event, Daryl? Yeah, sure. Um,
1: so the, the event will, um, was three separate forest competitions. So there was a, a ladies, um, a women's, and then a mixed. Um, the entry was by invitation to um, MNAs, which are member national authorities. So Bulls Canada, Bulls USA, um, Bulls England, and, and so forth. Um, they did it within Europe, the Americas, Oceania, and Africa regions. So they went and invited pretty much everybody that they could. Um and each uh, m was uh, invited to send up to two teams in all disciplines. So um, you could send a lot of people um, for this event. So it could have been a really, really, really big event if everybody had sent two teams. Uh, it would have been really interesting. Uh, the competition, um, 15 ends, two and a half hours with Respot, um, men and women sectional play and uh, and then the top four of each section go into the knockout stages. And then the mixed pairs was actually just straight knockout right out of the gate, which is interesting. So you didn't get any warm up in that mix. You, you had to, you had to do your stuff or, or, move out of the way basically. Um, I'll throw up some pictures here. Uh, the countries, and I will go through this because obviously I didn't put the names on them, uh, like a smart person. So, um, Top one, Cyprus. Cyprus. Then we have Czech Republic, England, Guernsey, Jersey, Norfolk Island, Scotland, uh, South Africa, Switzerland, USA, Wales, and Zimbabwe. So there's my geography lesson for the day. Uh, Flags of the world. Um, Very proud of you. Thank you. Very proud, Daryl. Some cool trophies. I saw this picture up there and I had to grab it. Um, So... um, the men's and the ladies get, uh, uh, I'm wondering if that's glass or if it's plastic, I'm not sure, but um, uh, a face with uh, a crown. And then the mixed was just the uh, the laurel crown, which is, is really cool. Um, kind of a neat thing, something a little different than just like a gold medal or, or whatever. Uh, and I'll just go through some of these pictures as i'm reading out the the winners there's just random pictures from the event so the women uh gold went to cyprus a which um and i've only got the last names of them i don't have the first names of everybody so it was uh dead wilkinson uh Standland, and trotter from cyprus a so cyprus have a huge showing at their their home event that's that's pretty cool um silver I went to England, which was Hanslip, Bolt, Birchell, and Cullum. And then, uh, like most world events, there was a shared bronze, and I went to uh, South Africa. It was Ruse, Matthews, Cole Cook, and Tar. And then Scotland was uh, Carruthers, Cockburn, um, Herviz, and Douglas. Uh, the men... Uh, Gold went to England B,
0: uh,
1: and it was a twelve to eleven uh, final score. I just wanted to throw that in—a really close final game. Uh, so uh, England B took it uh, with Arkley, Humphreys, Bryden, and Theobald, and then silver went to South Africa of Cohen, Gadi, Connellan, and uh, Curiousau. I want to say, we'll see butchered that one uh and bronze was shared between wales and united states a so uh wales was leading harvey williams and james and then united states a was uh napoli rolex Richie, and dunn um and the mixed pairs is actually being played right now it's from december 10th to 12th so if you want to go check that out um I have linked um, the Atlantic Bulls YouTube channel in in, in the the webpage down below in the description. So you can click on that. It'll take you right to the page. They do have their own YouTube channel. um, So go subscribe and and watch um, all the stuff that they're doing there. It's really cool. Mike, what did you think?
0: Well, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I guess you didn't have any of the pictures of the actual facility. I just find the facility there pretty cool to look at. They had at least, it looked like three or four kind of mini outdoor greens. Um, I don't even know how to describe what they was. It looked like it was two rinks per surface. And it looked like I think they had three of them and then they had an indoor as well. And so on the indoor, it looked like it was four indoor rinks. And then there were like pillars separating each indoor rink. So it was kind of a weird uh, setup, but it was cool to see it. And like, I've, I know they hosted, I think it was the Atlantic Championships at this facility probably a good 10 or 15 years ago, however many, however long ago that was, but they did host an event there. And I know a lot of the people who played there, like Al, who's on the show, he, he played there for Canada and he said it was a pretty cool event uh, or pretty cool facility. Sorry. Obviously it's a, it had a resort and essentially on, uh, on the ocean, everything like that. So you can't really go wrong. I'm sure all those players are really enjoying, uh, the amenities at this point was a uh, kind of unfortunate to not see a Canadian team in there I don't know I saw that I uh, last year I know they did like a call out for teams and I don't know what the response level was but I assume we probably had some people that were interested just maybe maybe didn't have a full team interested and then sort of throwing a team together who knows what happened but that was sort of my thoughts on the event
1: uh, looked really cool uh, the streaming um, was a little weird I think they had it like like way over top um if i'm thinking correctly kind of watching and they would zoom in um cool facility i mean you can't go wrong with uh, going to cyprus and the the beaches and and all that cool stuff there the flight would would be a killer what is that like 14 15 hours to to get there with layovers and whatever um so uh that's something but uh Pierre uh Pierre Vanderhout in the uh, chat saying he wanted to go but missed the age cutoff by four months that sucks (laughs) um but this is a World Bowl sanctioned event um so that's really really cool uh so hopefully that means that it will be going on uh for some time it looks like it was um pretty successful they had two U.S. teams so some North American um content over there as well which is is neat i saw some faces that i recognize um that i've seen around so that's always neat too because um sometimes those that you recognize don't uh, don't continue to compete in the senior level um at that at that mount since they've been keeping all their life and everything else but um they have some some really cool people and they they brought in some celebrities i i saw that um they had two or three, um, you know, big name players come and stop by and hang out for the for the couple of weeks. I think like Robert Wheel from Wales uh, was there, uh, John Bell from England, um, and they had um, a good commentary team. A friend of the show, Jason Parkinson, who's the WBT uh, commentator. He's one of the the directors on the World Bowls Tour board as well, um, and he was on here in an interview. Go check that out if you haven't. It's pretty cool. Um, really cool guy. And it's good to see that he's uh, he's in demand for commentary because he does a good job.
0: Yeah, he's one of my favorite commentators to listen to. Oh dearie me, it's <laughs> it's, a, it's probably the best uh, right. quote. We we almost we we should license those shirts and make the shirts for him. Oh, <laughs> oh dearie me, but uh, yeah, I'm glad he was there. He's probably enjoying the sun and the 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 amenities there as well. Um, yeah, as you're sort of saying, I hope the event does continue because obviously i I said it earlier it's a big demographic of the sport players who are 55 plus and for it to be a world sanctioned event uh and well one of the few events that's really happening right now it it is an important thing to keep going i think and if they can keep it going it's probably going to keep growing because it's obviously looks like it's a pretty solid event and if they're opening it to most or all the countries i think there will be a a higher take-up level and maybe Pierre next year will be 55. So if they run it next year, then Pierre will get in there just, just, just by the nick of his teeth. So
1: do it, Pierre. We want to see you there. I'm I'll train now so that uh, when I hit 55, I can, I can go over that. Hopefully it's still going.
0: So if we want to move on, I guess uh, we didn't have this in the the header, but I feel like it's an easy segue to go to it. Now we kind of, hinted at it or we talked about it but events not being hosted or (laughs) being deferred so obviously some pretty serious or significant news in the bulls world um the commonwealth games well they were supposed to be hosted in victoria uh in 2026 and they ended up deferring or saying no we can't do it and then it sounded like gold coast was going to be uh taking it up or picking it up for them and they ended up last week saying no they're not going to host either so they do not have a host for the 2026 commonwealth games uh sort of in tandem with that i know world bulls is also uh struggling to potentially have even a host for the world championships i believe uh the ones that are coming up in hong kong in two years is it so kind of a combo of all these different events it seems hosting or finding people to host is is a very difficult uh thing obviously we don't have a host uh to my knowledge as of right now for the canadian championships this this summer so it's kind of all across the board i think hosting is becoming harder and harder to facilitate um i think if we're gonna really like target it is what governments are probably tighten up the purse strings a little bit not giving out grants as much or as much funding as they used to so it's hard for a lot of people to justify how much it costs to host a a large scale event like that so I just don't think it's uh honestly worth it for a lot of the clubs because you probably except for the exposure maybe of your club you might aren't going to be making very much money um calm games specifically I know is a huge undertaking and Victoria bowed out because it was billion like I think almost double what they'd planned their budget to be is what it was going to end up being so it's pretty shocking how much money it costs now to host world-class events like that. So what were your thoughts about all the different cancellations, Daryl? Uh, it's sad to see.
1: Um, you know, I've heard, I've seen a few posts here and there, some comments that, you know, you know, it's you know, too much money to host something like that. Like um, probably better off. Uh, Commonwealth Games is, um, is huge for us and Bulls. We don't have anything else. Um, that significant or that level like world Bowls, is good and it, i think the last one was the last one was excellent but before that world Bowls was hit and miss like was it good was it not good where was it all that kind of stuff um i think the last world bulls event was really good um but commonwealth games was where it was at and people wanted to go and i can say um without a shadow of a doubt when com games is on and lawn is being seen and and whatever our viewership goes up for all the stuff on our channel and things that we're posting out there, we get much more interaction um, because of that. So the eyeballs are are out there and on it and um, we need as much help as we can get. And Com games is a huge one for us um, because it's uh, generally televised and and streamed and and whatnot. Um, It is what it is. It's, it's hard to host. Um, People don't want to be putting up the money. Clubs don't want to be gambling that, uh, on whether or not they're going to make money. Um, some of them are just getting by by the skin of their teeth as it is, especially with rising costs of everything. So um, it's a tough sell. Uh, I'm really, really hopeful that someone picks up the hosting for the Canadians, um, whether compromises can be made or things can be changed or or whatever it is. Um, you know, I really think we need this to go and to see how it's going to run because I don't think any other format the the likelihood of anybody hosting would have changed I think we'd still be in the same issue yep
0: yeah, no I, I think you're you're saying it uh, correctly there like it doesn't matter what format I th- well I think format is also a problem if we're if we're being perfectly honest it was a huge change up and it's they're asking for a lot of new things and a lot of changed things compared to what it was in the past so I think it's the combo of a lot of change, and then the fact that it's less money coming in. Like, there's not nearly as enough mu- as much money being paid to- by Bulls Canada to the actual host clubs, and then relying on those different grants, which in some areas just are non-existent. So, I'm hopeful uh, that host does come out soon because we just what we we won't have a nationals. Like, it, yeah, it, it's weird. It, 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 it's weird to be talking about it, but we're at the end of December, and what we're January right away and January turns into March, April pretty quick. Uh, (laughs) So it's, it could be pretty scary. I I don't think, I think if we don't have a host sort of cinched up probably by that February point, it's almost a point of no return because I don't know who could put together hosting a nationals in a matter of just a couple of months and have all their logistics together. And again, for the players who are going to be attending it, that's a huge, uh, problem to be told oh it we think it's gonna be in ontario oh well, no it's in bc so it's like it's canada's so big that depending on where it is w- with the short notice it's gonna be tough but yeah same with you very hopeful that uh someone does step up and all of these events we're talking about i'd be hopeful that they're they're able to figure out something to host wise i know com games i'm on the i think uh, the other shows i've made it stated i think Com games is going to get trimmed down pretty significantly. And yeah. I think it's going to be just probably track and field type sports swimming and maybe like gymnastics and then very much trim out kind of all the extra sports. And I can see lawn bowling being one of those easy casualties to sort of take out and not have to worry about. So that's my opinion on the Com games. I could be completely out to lunch. Who knows what's going to happen, <laughs> but um, again, fingers crossed. Hopefully some of these events can continue on because That world calendar for World Bulls looks pretty sparse right now with World Bulls being taken out, no comm games. There's not really anything really planned right now for the the major high-end events, which is kind of scary to think about.
1: That's true, and it makes it tough for North America as well because we don't have a lot of stuff over here. Like, There's other stuff in other countries. Like The UK has a bunch that they could probably backfill um, or people could alter their plans and do something else and same with australia they got so much stuff going on you know premier leagues and pennant and and whatnot but we just don't have that here so you know um for our international players and for those that want to be international players um got to find something that that fills that gap i guess
0: yeah okay well we can move on from that doom and gloom i guess uh (laughs) lots of fun conversation there but we We figured it had to have been talked about because pretty significant announcement of Com games not happening and well, no, no one to host it, I guess. And, and then obviously all the different issues of hosting across the board, both domestically and internationally. So fingers crossed. Let's, let's hope it's not so doom and gloom, maybe come uh, January, February next year. Yeah, but we can move on. Uh, We'll talk about other events that are happening and that we we can have some excitement for. So the World Bowls Tour has their premier event, the World uh, Championships, coming up in early January, so January 5th to the 21st. Uh, That is taking place at Potter's Leisure Resort in England. Uh, Beautiful, again, another beautiful facility. Very excited to see how that shapes out. We do have Canadian and American content in there. Do you want to take that, Daryl?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Some really key matchups to watch. Um, Obviously, because we're coming from North America, a lot of us are qualifying uh, to get into the main one. So there's a lot of prelim events um, for our players. So um, for uh, for Canada, in the pairs, we have uh, Jake Masterson and Rick Lyons. Um, They'll be against Mark McPeak and Stuart Bennett from uh, Northern Ireland. Um, That match will happen on January 5th and the winner of that will jump into the main draw and then um, go from there. Um, on the U.S. side, uh, the prelim match is uh, Jesse May and Rachel Markusen, Um from the U.S., sorry. And then uh, they're against uh, Paul Wallace and Kenny Johnson from um, England, and that will also be happening January 5th. So January 5th, keep an eye out. Uh, if you want to catch some of... Uh, some of the North American players on there, um, for singles matches, uh, a prelim match. We'll see, um, uh, Julia Gallo from U S versus David Bolt of England on January 7th. And then another prelim match, uh, Dylan Jacobs of Canada versus, Assassin Eliyahu from Israel, uh, on January the 8th. And then, uh, uh, Julia, uh, is making a run in in all events. So she's in the mixed pairs and she teams up with Mark Dawes, who's an excellent player. Um, a really good partner there. And they'll be against Paul Foster and Lauren Goen from Wales. Uh, and Paul Foster's from Scotland, if you didn't know, uh, that's on January the 12th. And then, uh, Julia is also in the ladies match play and she will be taking on, uh, Sarianne Glenn from Wales on January the 14th. So, um, that should fill up your January with bowls if you want to watch. And I know I'll be tuning in.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a long uh, trip there for Julia. Yeah. Sort of think about that play. Their first match on the seventh and potentially the 14th could be the, the ladies match place, so, man, she's going to be there almost that whole time. It'll be a couple of weeks in England. That'll be fantastic for her, but it's, it's very nice to see uh, she would, she qualified for the, the, like the, the main singles event, like we typically only see uh, Catherine Rednall, um, usually is the, f- the only female we usually see playing in that sort of the open singles. So okay. nice to see there's just going to be other ladies uh, participating in that part of the event. Uh, also good to see Dylan getting his second kick at it. Uh, I'm sure he's probably wanting to have better results than Scotland. So hopefully uh, he can take advantage of uh, the second opportunity and then. It'll be interesting to see how the new guys, uh, Rick and Jake, make out from Canada. I think Jesse May and Rachel from the USA as well. I think it's their probably first kick at it too. So I'll definitely be paying attention to the the streams. I I like to watch everything that World Bulls Tour does, but lots lots of fun names in here and I'm excited to see how they all do.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I just love watching it. I mean, I have my favorites, uh, guys that I like watching, so I'll definitely tune into their matches um, if I know that they're on. And then I try to catch everything during the day. Um, some of it's during work time, so tune it on in the back, and hopefully for some replays if I hear something going on. But uh, um, I'm excited. It's always fun. January is boring for bulls, so... Um, winter is boring for bowls in general so seeing the WBT on uh, always gets a little excitement and and keeps me going through the winter months Um, and yeah for for our viewers out there for anybody watching this if you haven't tuned into the WBT please we've got it linked in uh, the description below go and check out the World Bowls Tour Um, it's an excellent product it showcases our sport um, and definitely deserves your support
0: yeah no I, I don't think me and you can say enough how much we like World Bowls Tour we we both uh, go back and forth uh, during the events talking about the, all the different results, and then we even have a little pool that we've started uh, amongst sort of groups of friends to keep track of who wins, and we each kind of pick the guys that we think are going to win and lose. So it's a, a really good time. I enjoy that event, and this is honestly my favorite one. I love the when they play at Potter's and they have uh, the the blue carpet. Like, it's just... It's a spectacle. They make it a big spectacle in that big ballroom that they have, and I think in general it's just a really fun event. Um, and yeah, I, I look forward to every year. It's it's great because it's right after you're done Christmas. It's right early in the New Year's, and it, as you say, it does fill up a good portion of January. So that's awesome. Uh,
1: one big item: um, the debut of one of the best bowlers on the planet right now, uh, Aaron Sheriff, will be making his uh, showing at the WBT. So that's kind of interesting. I will definitely be tuning into whatever matches he's in. That'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty big, pretty big thing to have the high end Australian player go over there. I I don't think it's, it's been quite a few years since we've had uh, the high end Australian players play in the WBT. Like last one that I kind of think of was maybe Karen Murphy. And it's probably been about 10 years since she's sort of been in there. And so it's, It's very cool to see that he's making that jump. Does he have to play a prelim match because he's a qualifier, or did they let him jump right into it? Do you know?
1: That's a good question. I will look it up right now.
0: Regardless, he's had such an incredible year, indoor and outdoor. I think what he was the world indoor champion at the event they had probably what five six months ago so i think he's gonna probably have a pretty respectable showing there even if he has to qualify his way in i think whoever's gonna run into him is probably gonna have a tough time but oh, he's I would... in the
1: main draw um and he gets he gets a nice easy matchup against paul foster on january 15th
0: <laughs> welcome so to they the wbt be... yeah so they, so they obviously gave him sort of like a a 16th seat type of a spot or something like that just because they know that he's obviously pretty good so that'll be that'll be a match what day did you say that is january 15th 15th yeah wow that is quite the first round match for that event I, i i'll definitely be watching that that's gonna be super exciting yeah for sure yeah. Good players all
1: around, good bowls all around. You see some fantastic shots. Um, if you haven't checked out our shorts and, and some of our videos on it, we, we try to compile some of the best shots from like finals and, and what players are doing. Um, go check those out. Cause some of them are crazy.
0: Yeah, no, it's you're, you're, you're never going to run out of shots to watch at that event. Like I think I'm, I'm usually the one who watches the matches and sends you the editor, which ones I think are the good ones. And, I never have a lack of stuff to to call because it's always really good shot for shot. Specifically, once you get to the business end of the event, once you're getting to the quarters, semifinals, it gets very, very good. The the shots and the caliber of play. I think once people kind of get used to that that rink, they're they're very, very good on it.
1: Yeah. Hey, go and uh, go and check out Paul Foster breaking the jack too. There's a nice yeah. uh, video of him smashing a jack at one of the WBT events. So maybe he'll do it again. Go tune in. Check it out.
0: <laughs> okay. So if I'm not mistaken, I believe that was what we had planned. Was there anything else you wanted to sort of bring up, Daryl?
1: Uh, No, not really. I mean, um, end of the year, this will be our final... Um, show for the years so you won't see us until january um probably once the wbt events wrap up we'll we'll have a nice uh, show to give you all the results and and our thoughts on on how that event went um and we'll have to recap the uh the mixed portion of the atlantic seniors because that's going on right now um but please go check out our content check out our, our videos on our site. Uh we put a lot of hard work into all the stuff that we do and your support your likes your um your views alone um do wonders for us and and help us out so um i guess the only thing i want to say uh for the end of the show is you know uh, happy holidays to everybody merry christmas happy new year um and uh i'll leave it to you for the final thoughts
0: yeah no you, you covered a lot of the stuff i wanted to say like uh whether it's your off season or your current season, depending on where you live in the world, lots of good content we have there specifically sort of coaching, working on any of your sort of delivery stuff. If you have questions, Daryl's technical difficulties videos are very helpful for people, essentially anywhere in the world. Um, I think beginning of the last year or beginning of this year, we said we wanted to hit 5,000 subscribers. We, We did not quite make our goal. It was we were, we, were, we, we we set a very ambitious goal. I remember when we we said it, we were like, that's a lot of people because we're almost doubling yeah. our subscribers if we would have done it. But we hit 4,600, so we're 4,600 and some change. So we do really appreciate all the support we get. So every time you subscribe, hit like buttons, it helps us a lot on the YouTube to sort of push our videos up and recommendations, things like that. So if you are here, again, another reminder to hit those buttons because we immensely h- appreciate it. All of the, any sort of revenue we're getting is going back to the podcast. Hopefully we have some uh, big stuff and big things that we can maybe talk about or tell people about in the future, but we'll see. Um, yeah, we, we appreciate the support and sort of all the the money we're getting. Will We do have something in the pipe, hopefully, that will be pretty big to announce in the future. So I'll echo Daryl and wish everyone a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and... See you in the new year, and with that, may all your bulls be touchers.